the University of California Riverside presents Blue, Gold, and Black, the podcast that's dedicated to amplifying Black voices at UCR. I'm Dominique Bill from UCR's Community Engagement and Outreach Unit. In each episode, we'll be talking to UCR students, campus leaders, and community partners to explore the intersection of being Black and being a Highlander at UCR. And I can't wait for you to meet today's guest. Let's get started. Welcome, everybody, to the Blue, Gold, and Black podcast, where we're amplifying black voices at UCR. We have a special guest today. Chanel Parrish is joining us. She works in our career center, so we're going to be talking to Chanel about some of her upbringing, um, her pursuit of higher education, and ultimately what led her to UCR, and also not only attending UCR as a student, um, but working for us as a professional staff member as well, helping students out in the career center Miss Chanel, how are you doing today? Doing pretty good. It's right after lunch, so trying to catch a second wind, but I'm excited to be here. <laughs> got you, got you. Okay, well, hopefully that lunch has you nice and energized for today. Um, so yeah, let's let's just kind of dive into your background really quickly. Why don't you just tell us um, where you're from, kind of what your childhood was like growing up, and then also kind of talk to us about, you know, your formative childhood years in terms of like your black identity was it something that you struggled with was it something that you were embraced very early on just kind of give us a snapshot of of your background please yeah so um, my name is Chanel Parrish like you said um, I work at the career center at UCR I'm also a UCR alum class of 2017 Um, I grew up in northern California was born and raised in Stockton California a little bit maybe like an hour away from Sacramento. Mm. Um, I grew up in a predominantly white neighborhood Mm -hmm. and went to a predominantly white elementary school. Um, So I was just completely immersed in white spaces from the Mm. get-go. My mom is half white and half black, and my dad is black. So Mm. I kind of, I didn't, I grew up a lot with my mom's influences of not really having a background in or knowledge of black history and mm. black culture and so I grew up just kind of how, how she raised me and my mm. dad he has he comes from a really large black family mm. I have lots of cousins aunties uncles but never grew up with them mm-hmm. so my interactions with the black community and with black family was very 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 limited mm. um I think a lot of people can relate with being like the token black kid in mm-hmm. all your classes in school so up until maybe the fourth or fifth grade, I was the only black student in all of my classes. Wow. Yeah, it's, it was a lonely, lonely mm-hmm. time. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I guess one of the things that started my, like, um, not my journey, but just kind of made me very aware of my blackness was mm-hmm. I had an incident in the second grade when a student called me the N-word, and I didn't know what it meant, mm. didn't know you know, what was going on when I told my mom and she flipped out. She was wow. like, I'm going to talk to the boys' mama. I'm going to go up to the school. They're going to know who I am kind of thing. And it was the first time that I realized I just knew it was a bad word. And I knew I sure. didn't like when he called me that. Um, sure. But it was the first time that I realized, like, I I was different than any than everyone in my classes, mm. like, in a negative way. It was right. the first time someone negatively reacted to just me being right. Right. Wow. That's and that's crazy. And I know we had kind of talked about this in 
you know, our previous conversation. But, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of times um, as black people, right, like we kind of find, you know, in when we're being socialized as we're growing up through childhood, we, you know, a lot of times we experience our first whatever you would want to consider like your first racialized moment, right? Um, so it tends to always have like some negative feelings um, associated with it. And that can be, you know, really stifling um, mm-hmm. for a young child who's growing up trying to kind of find their identity. So once we kind of move past like your elementary school experience, um, would you say like growing up in predominantly white spaces, aside from that incident you had in second grade, but was it something that you were constantly always like confronted with or aware of, or were you still kind of, you know, able to enjoy yourself, enjoy the spaces that you were in, um, and, you know, still have a, a, a strong sense of identity, even though it may not have been quote unquote, right? What we would Mm -hmm. consider the typical black identity, whatever that may mean. Yeah. I mean, I think I generally had a pretty positive experience. Mm -hmm. Um, I think even at a young age, I was very aware of the fact that I was the the token black student. I was Mm -hmm. the safe, quote unquote, safe black person you could Mm -hmm. hang out with because I didn't, regardless of how people saw me, I didn't react or act the way that they thought a typical black girl was going to act. And so I was always like, oh, you're you're the pretty black girl. You're so pretty for Mm. a black girl kind of thing. I was relaxing my hair so it was long and silky. And I just, like, students felt like I was, like, okay to be around. And so I kind of dealt with trying to figure out where I fit in. I didn't Mm -hmm. fit in with the black kids, but Mm -hmm. didn't really fit in with the white kids. Mm -hmm. Um, And kind of just trying to figure out how to break that box that people were trying to fit me into. Mm -hmm. Um, But I mean, for the most part, I think up until high school was was when I had another experience where someone drove by me on the sidewalk I was walking up to the store and they threw a soda out the window and called me the n-word again (laughs) and that was kind of like another experience where I was like yeah I'm I'm black people view me a certain way and it's negative like it's giving off a negative thing and I don't really Mm. understand what that is yet right um but yeah, I think growing up, my, my main struggle was trying to balance that tokenism mm. and, and trying to find my own space and break out of boxes that people are trying to fit me into. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Wow. I, that's that's a lot. That is a lot to yeah. deal with. And, you know, and yeah. it's simply just being kind of like, you know, a victim of the circumstance to for the most part. Right. You can't yeah. control where just you're trying li- to be me. Yeah, you're just trying to, you know, walk through this world the same as anybody else. And, you know, just the negative response just to your being is it can be it can weigh a lot on anyone's brain, particularly a student. So let's just talk about like how important was like education when you were growing up? Was college something that you knew like? I'm going to college, I'm getting out of here, or was it something that you kind of like fell into maybe through a mentor or what was kind of like your thought process when you were in high school leading up to college? Um, I was always the smart girl. Mm. Um, and that kind of went into my tokenism too, like the unexpectedly sure. smart black kid. Right. But I always, I was always good in school. I always knew that I was going to college. Mm. My mom and dad didn't go to college, so they didn't really provide me with any 
advice or experience um, mm-hmm. that way. But in high school, I was in an AVID program that was geared towards like prepping you for college. So mm-hmm. I knew I was going. I like that wasn't anything else wasn't an option for me. Right. Um, and so I, I did everything that I could to make sure that I got there. And mm-hmm. um, I compared to, you know, the other black students, especially even in my AVID class, I think there were three or four of us. Mm. Um, it was assumed that I would just go to community college. Mm. Like, oh, here, fill up these applications because you can for sure get into, you know, Valley Community College in San Bernardino. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't want to go to Valley. I want to go to UC mm-hmm. <laughs> with all the other smart kids. Right. But it was assumed that, like, I thought that that's where I wanted to go and it wasn't the case. And even, like, people assuming that I was just going to go to Cal State San Bernardino, which was a great school, but for people to assume, like, my sights weren't higher than that mm. um, kind of bothered me. And there was, like, a little bit of a, I'm going to prove you wrong. Let me get into as many UCs Kind of that chip on of, the shoulder type of yeah, thing. Yeah, like, absolutely. Who are you to, yeah, who are you to say that I can't get into UC mm. Santa Barbara or Berkeley? I didn't. Right. I that very clear. <laughs> but, you know, I was happy to go to UCR, and I... Education is very important to me. Um, I went in as a history major, and so I very much value education and the learning process and and learning about where you came from and what you've done in the Mm. past to kind of catapult you into the future and and inform decisions. So education, I I mean, I'm a student right now. I I just, I love it. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, I want to put a pin in something that you said about community college. And, you know, Mm -hmm. first off, I do want to stress to any student that is going to community college route, that is a perfect opportunity to segue you into whatever four-year university that you want. So never, ever be discouraged or embarrassed to go to a community college. But there's a difference between someone trying to steer you to community college because they know it can provide you certain resources and maybe further help you as opposed to going to a four-year university right out of high school. And then there's also you know, that side of it, though, where they're just trying to push you into anywhere other than a four-year university specifically Mm -hmm. because they think that you can't do it, even if you have the grades and the, you know, the work ethic to show that you can. And, you know, that, again, that's very, very hard, you know, for a student to deal with, in particular, you know, Black and African-American students, where that tends Mm -hmm. to be their experience, you know, Um, instead of encouraging students who want to go to a four-year and help pushing them towards that, let's try and steer them in a different direction. And again, it's not to say that other directions aren't effective or that other directions can't lead a student to success, but also, you know, make sure that we nurture what the student wants to actually do and make sure that we exhaust all options and opportunities to get them to their goal. And then if it doesn't work out from there, then we can look at, you know, alternatives to still try and help them get to that particular goal. So you are an alum of UCR, um, super dope, super exciting. Why don't you just kind of tell um, in a general sense at first, and then we'll kind of talk about some more specific things about you. But just tell our prospective students who are looking at UCR as a potential school to go to. Like, mm-hmm. what was it that drew you to UCR? Um, and then what, you know, what were some of the high points of your UCR undergraduate um, time? So in complete honesty, um, I came to UCR because first it was close to home. Mm. I couldn't afford 
to go anywhere too far. It was mm-hmm. just me and my mom. So mm-hmm. my ties to family and needing to needing to be at home and support mm-hmm. her with money and bills. Like I couldn't afford to go anywhere mm-hmm. far. So first it was because location. Second mm-hmm. was because it just gave me the most financial aid. I Straight needed up. all <laughs> the financial, like all the support mm-hmm. I could get. Um, and scholarships and grants so i mean those two reasons i mean were the why i went to ucr Mm -hmm. after the fact um definitely realizing it was a great the best decision i think i could have made for Mm. myself um i think the campus itself is just it was very it was just warm and welcoming and Mm. i felt like it wasn't too big to where I could get lost in the crowd and it wasn't too small to feel like I had a spotlight on me all the time. Mm -hmm. It just felt like home. Um, And I spent all my time on campus. I worked on campus. I went to class, studied, did everything on campus. So it was a Mm -hmm. home away from home. And I think it just, it gave me, I had a really positive experience there. Um, An overview of kind of my time there, I was a commuter student for my first three years. Mm -hmm. So taking the bus from San Bernardino, waking up at 5 a.m. to get to my 8 a.m. class. (laughs) That dedication, man, for real. Dedication, trying to get this degree. Yeah, for real. Um, (laughs) Taking the bus, being in class all morning, and then going to work at the Career Center as a student assistant for Mm -hmm. the afternoon, and then heading off to a second job um, for the evening. Right having meals on campus. Like I spent more time there than I did with my own family. And so Mm. I, as much as I could try to make it a a home for myself and a UCR, it is a home. I mean, I'm still here as a staff member. And so, I mean, it is still my home. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I appreciate how honest you were and why you chose UCR. And, you know, I think that when you talk to a lot of people about UCR, I kind of think that's where they find themselves. Like, it happens to be close to home, and quite frankly, they kicking out the bread. You know what I mean? <laughs> like they giving up the bread. They put Thank they you put financial them, aid package. Yeah. So, and there's nothing wrong with that because no. you know, to a certain extent, you know, college can very much be a luxury, um, and yeah. we all can't afford to go to the dream school out wherever. Sometimes we have to do what's practical, but I think when students that have to kind of make that practical decision when they find themselves at UCR, it ends up becoming a situation where it's like, oh, dang, like, low-key, this might have been a blessing in disguise. Like, I'm, I'm here, key. I'm <laughs> high-key, right? I'm here, I'm thriving, I'm I'm getting new experiences and everything. So, obviously, you know, as we get older, there's transformative times, you know what I'm saying, younger, right? When we get into middle school, like that, that's a big transformative time. When we get into high school, junior, senior, like that's another transformative time. And then when we get into college, like it seems like the transformation is turned up tenfold, right? And I think you can speak a lot to that experience, especially when you kind of look at your K through 12 experience and some of the challenges you face there. What what took place at UCR in terms of the transformation of, you know, your identity? Um, so when I came in, I, my personality just in general is very, very quiet and shy and introverted. So I wasn't like completely outgoing with making friends and connecting with the black community right away. And I mean, for the most part, I didn't really have a strong connection to the black community um, on campus. I went into ASP 
maybe one or two times and then mm. kind of like silently sat in the corner and did homework. Um, I had two black friends on campus, bless mm-hmm. them. I love them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I think what really started my journey to kind of discovering my my identity and, and diving into my own blackness was, so I, I studied abroad for a summer, which I completely recommend if you have the mm. ability to. Um, so real, real quick, let, let's yeah. not spend too much time on that, but just okay. let's just highlight that study abroad experience really quick because I think that's super dope and it's a okay. great opportunity. And I know I look back on my undergrad like, yo, I kept hearing everyone, yo, I'm going to Spain, yo, I'm going to Italy, yo, I'm going to Africa, yo, I'm going to, and I was just like, dang, yeah. that sounds super dope, and I never jumped on it. So yeah. just, just real quick, real just quick. talk to the students about where you went and how positive that experience was for you. Okay, um, so I spent the summer in Athens, Greece. It completely Ooh. aligned with my, I know. I love Greek mythology too, with, so. <laughs> oh, me too, me too. It's my love. If yeah. you could see my bookcase, you'd be. Nice. Um, but I went for the summer. It completely aligned with my major. I was a history mm-hmm. and classics major. Um, and hands down, it was the best experience I've ever had in my entire life. Wow. Hands down. Wow. Um, it felt even better because I got that second job just mm-hmm. so I could get money to go because my mom couldn't pay for it herself mm. or help me in any way. So mm-hmm. earning it, going, being able to experience the culture, the language, going mm. with a group of other UC students, like it was just amazing. It changed everything for me, my right. mindset, everything. Mm. So if you have the opportunity, I would say do it. Mm-hmm. There are scholarships, there are grants, there mm-hmm. are essays you can write to get funding, like do it. And we also have professional staff members whose job yes. it literally is to make sure that you can travel abroad as cheaply and efficiently um, as possible. So any students that's looking to kind of just broaden their perspective of the world, definitely, definitely take advantage. Because a lot of times you can get it and do it on UCR's dime or at yes, least mostly can. or at least mostly on their dime. Right. Yes, and you, you try and pick up and go to Athens, Greece. Well, Obviously not during a pandemic, but you want a vacation to Athens, Greece, like <laughs> you're going to pay for every bit of that every vacation. <laughs> so anytime you can, you know, let UCR foot the bill. Right. <laughs> yeah. But thank you, it, UCR. <laughs> yeah. So let's. OK. So building off of your trip to Greece and getting yeah, back yeah. into the question of like how UCR was a transformative moment for your identity. Let's pick up there. Yeah, so when I returned from my trip, I kind of just had this new appreciation for myself and just wanting to learn more about the world around me and people. And I think that confidence that I came back with really prompted me to learn more about my own identity and Mm. kind of where I fit within it. And I think what really, what was such a big part of that was the confidence. I think Mm -hmm. growing up, I felt so... um, like on the outside looking in with the black community. I didn't really fit in anywhere. I felt like I wasn't black enough to be in certain spaces and having that, even just a little bit of confidence to be like, you know what? No, like I am black. I deserve to be in this space. Mm. My experience is part of the black experience. Like Mm -hmm. I'm going to figure out how to, you know, be there and Mm. feel comfortable. Right. Like my people, like I can't sit there and be, you know, be uncomfortable. Sure. So like I put myself out there and really tried to, learn as much as I could and engage with other students and engage with other professionals and, and just the black community itself. And I mean, 
I had a great experience. It was definitely mm-hmm. stepping out of my comfort zone, but I wouldn't change a thing. I wouldn't change how I did it for anything. And yeah. I mean, that was only a few years ago, and I find myself here being mm-hmm. completely immersed in the black community at UCR, right. and I love it. Yeah. So let's let's kind of expand it a little bit further, right? As mm-hmm. someone who got to experience the black community um, as an undergraduate student, um, and who now experiences the black community as a professional staff member in just the amazing journey that you've been on in terms of finding your identity. Like try and if you can, in a few words, try and convey the, the your sense of the black community here at UCR to prospective students who want that strong black experience um, in college. But, you know, maybe they aren't in a position where they can go to an HBCU or something mm-hmm. to really capture that. Kind of just talk to us about your experience as you've completely dove into the black community here at UCR and talk about, you know, what what you find positive and, you know, affirming Mm -hmm. in it. I would definitely say if I could sum it up in one word, I would say family. Mm. Um, I think the amount of support and community and just genuine interest in like what you're doing how mm-hmm. are you doing mm-hmm. you know how can I get you from A to B like everything that I can do in my power to help you as a student like mm-hmm. I got that from staff at UCR and there it's almost like like where I talk to certain people I talk to Jamal or, or Toy or whoever it's like I'm talking to you know my uncle or my auntie or like it mm-hmm. just it feels like a family and I think yeah. no matter who you come into contact with you immediately feel like that genuine Mm-hmm. care for you um, yeah. and I think that's a rare feeling that you can get on a college campus I mean interacting with your you know, professors or counselors or whoever it is it's just it's rare to feel like that genuine care mm-hmm. and I think that in every single moment that I had with someone I felt that and it made me feel comfortable yeah. like I knew if I came to someone they could help me no matter what or they right. could point me in the right direction which I think is one of the perks of being such a tight-knit community at UCR is like, if someone so doesn't know, then they're going to point you in the direction to another black faculty or staff exactly. who does know. And they're not exactly. going to let you just walk away not being helped or not, you know, feeling mm-hmm. like you just don't know. Like, right. we're going to find somebody, we're going to connect you right now. Like, that's mm-hmm. my goal of the day. So I feel like everywhere I was, you know, encountering that, it just solidified, like, I'm supposed to be here. I'm supposed mm-hmm. to be a part of this community. And... I need to do what I can to help build on that. Yeah, no, 100%. And so, um, I, and I think I think it shows, right, you're the sitting president of the Black Faculty and Staff Association, um, which is a pretty big deal, right? We're trying to really push the narrative forward that, like, you know, we have a strong, thriving Black community here, and we're actively engaged in making mm-hmm. UCR a better place, not only for the faculty and staff, but most importantly, the scholars and stuff. And so before we kind of just dive into, you know, your background in the career center and the position that you're at now, just kind of talk to us about, you know, how the Black Faculty and Staff Association aims to, you know, work with students, work with all of the staff and faculty on campus to, you know, really make sure that we're pushing that strong narrative forward. And not mm-hmm. we're not just talking about it, but, you know, we're actually doing things about it to create change. Yeah. Um, as far as the student um, part, I think the FASA, I think it's always been kind of just written into 
our goals and, and passion for serving the black community to make sure that we're uplifting our students, mm. um, uplifting their voices, um, being mentors and providing our own expertise to help them. I think mm-hmm. what happens in the black community a lot is there aren't enough of us that can pass down information and mm. tips and tricks to like succeed in higher ed and your, in your mm. education. And I think the biggest thing that we can do to help our students is pass that along and make mm-hmm. sure that their journey is a little less hard than the journey that I took. Like if I could pass anything mm-hmm. down to a student to make that journey a little bit easier, like that's what I'm going to do. And so I think our role is be is to just be there to support our students on whatever level that means for them academically, personally, mentally, spiritually, mm. you know, while they're here at UCR, we're, at least I feel like we're here to help take care of them, like, and, and make sure they succeed. And so whatever that means on whatever level, like, I want to make sure that we are there right. as part of that experience. Yeah. Um, as far as faculty and staff, like, I'm also here to be, to help elevate voices. I think we're in a time in history right now where mm-hmm. we need to hear more black voices and we need to elevate them and bring them to the table and make sure that the voices at the table are being heard and responded right. to and so for BFASA, like my goal, one of my goals for the year is to just make sure that we are in those spaces, mm-hmm. that the decisions that are being made in reaction to what's being, that's happening in this, in the world is that our voices are contributing to that. Mm-hmm. And um, I think faculty and staff each have their own individual challenges mm-hmm. and and issues and obstacles that they're dealing with on each side of the house. And so mm-hmm. as chair, I kind of have to, rely on my team to really help me meet the needs of each group and to make sure like as a whole, we are unified black voice at UCR. And so I think there's a lot of work um, and support that still needs to be done. And Mm -hmm. especially right now in this time, like I just, I want to take advantage of this moment and people's ability to listen and to act on it. So we got a lot of work to do, but I have an amazing team. There's an amazing support system and I think we can do it. Beautiful, beautifully said. Thank you for that. So mm-hmm. let's let's transition now um, into the Career Center. So before you kind of tell us your story of how you found the Career Center and then how it kind of shaped, you know, the next couple of years and led to your professional um, career, really quickly for our students, just tell our students what the Career Center is, um, just a few minutes on that. Yeah, so the Career Center is... A lot, you'll hear a lot of people say, oh, well, it's the place that's going to help you find a job. Mm-hmm. Yes, but we're more here to provide you with the resources and the tools to help you learn how to find a job. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> we're not a job placement service, but mm-hmm. I'm going to teach you how to write your resume, how mm-hmm. to write your cover letter, how to elevate and highlight your own personal skills and experiences to right. make you the best candidate for positions you apply for. Right. And then, you know, just with that, it's professional development, how to send professional email, how to navigate in the professional world, which is already a challenge enough for black folks as it is. Absolutely. Um, and so how to, how to navigate that and how to succeed. And um, a big part of what we do is connecting students with employers and internships and mm. how to gain experience so you can be successful post-college. Yeah, very cool, very cool. So definitely want to emphasize to students that, you know, okay, so I'll just speak from personal experience. When I was in undergrad, 
um, I'm going, it's like, okay, I'm going to class, I'm getting this knowledge. And, you know, even through my ups and downs, even on my high, like, I still had a struggle with like, okay, how am I going to take all of this quote unquote knowledge I'm gaining, right, and turn this into a career, right? I think when students choose a major, they kind of have, you know, a rough idea of what their career is. And if you're you know, if you're lucky and you're really driven, you know exactly where it is that you want to go. Um, but how to get there can be the challenging point, yeah. especially when you have to take into consideration, like, yes, you have a degree, but you don't have experience or yeah. you don't, quote unquote, have experience. But you might not know that a lot of the things that you did throughout undergrad was your experience. You were participating yeah. in the club. You served as a club president. You served on a committee like there's a lot of different things that you can get involved in and the career center is there to kind of just show you those opportunities while also developing your skills so that way you can very or much easier find a job as opposed to like okay I have this degree but I quote unquote haven't learned any skills or I did learn the skills, but I don't know how to articulate them in a resume or whatever the case may be. So Mm -hmm. definitely want to encourage all of our students, um, make sure you hit up, you know, hopefully you come to UCR, but make sure you hit up your university's career center um, day one, day one, freshman year, walk right in and say, yo, I'm majoring in this. I need help. <laughs> and and put them to work <laughs> and put them to work. You don't need to say nothing else. So uh, so how you know, when you were a student, how did you find the career center? It was kind of a funny story, but you found the career center. Tell us how you found it and then kind of how it just started blossoming um, into yeah. something much more than what you originally walked in for. Yeah, so I my freshman year I walked in because I heard that the Career Center does free printing. Um, <laughs> very important. Not, <laughs> very important. It does yes. it, but you know, anywhere you can find the free printing, that's Look who you need it. to be friends with. Yep. <laughs> it did not have free printing. I was Got using you. all their paper for Lord knows they I'm I'm surprised they didn't catch me, but it was free um, for you, but it wasn't you know. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Um, the woman at the front desk, she saw me coming in almost every day, and she's like, hey, we have a peer advisor position open. Like, I really want you to apply for it. And I wasn't too sure. I was like, I don't know if I you know, want a job right now. And she's like, no, just apply for it. And it was kind of one of those things where I could sense where she was like, apply for it, and I'm going to like vouch for you. I'm going to let them right. know, like, you need to hire her. And so I did, and I made it, and I was a peer advisor for the Career Center my freshman year. Nice. And it was amazing. I I didn't, I knew I needed a job in college to help pay for everything, but I just didn't think I was going to find myself at the Career Center. But it sure. was one of the best decisions that I made mm. in my undergraduate, you know, experience. And being a peer advisor, I was there in that position for two years, and I learned public speaking, which, as I mentioned, like being real shy, introverted was mm-hmm. not my skill set, but right. being able to learn those skills because you need it. I mean, doing whatever you're going to end up doing, like you need mm-hmm. public speaking, you need those kind of skills. So I was learning all of these soft skills that I didn't think that I needed, mm-hmm. um, presentation, how to just network and talk to people and, and sell myself and, and that kind of thing. And... Um, it was just, it was a good experience. Um, I was exposed to a lot of the campus, like how it was organized, exposed to faculty, staff, employers, community members, and it was invaluable. Um, the, after, after I was a peer advisor, I transitioned into a 
student, an event student assistant. And so I started doing a lot of behind the scenes planning and organizing for career fairs and information sessions and that kind of thing. And so I'm learning a whole new skill set that I can add to my resume. And before I knew it, like all of the things I was learning was just building my resume. And I didn't, I didn't even like realize I was doing it. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And, um, I was a student assistant there for four years. I was a peer advisor for two years and an events assistant for two. And because I needed that extra money and all of my winter breaks, spring breaks, summer breaks, I was mm -hmm. working the front desk. So that was another skill set that I was putting under my belt. And so mm -hmm. by the time I graduated, I had worked every student position at the Career Center wow. and was probably one of the most cross-trained people there, staff mm -hmm. included. And I took low key ready to run the joint. You know what I mean? Like, where's, where's my cubicle? Where's my office? That's what we're working towards, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Like, where's yeah. my check? Yes, <laughs> my yes, ma'am. Straight <laughs> my up. Check. And like, I, I didn't intend to do all of that, but I think an important thing for students to realize is like, no matter what you're doing on campus, whether it's specifically a job or not, like mm -hmm. all of the experience you're getting, especially soft skills, like. They translate into experience and it makes Absolutely. you, you know, competitive with other students. And once you get into the real world, like other professionals, and mm -hmm. I would just take every opportunity that you have a job, internship, mm -hmm. a group project, research experience, club mm -hmm. experience, and walk into the career center and ask them, how can I translate this into experience for my resume? Because mm -hmm. everything you do is experience that you can put on your resume. I'll just like everything you do can yeah. be manipulated and mm -hmm. written in a nice way to be, mm -hmm. you know, translate into experience. So mm -hmm. don't feel like you don't have anything to offer because you have more than enough to offer. Absolutely. And, and that's, you know, and that's, you know, what I try to get students to understand is like just your lived experience is experience. You right. know what I'm saying? And college is an interesting place because. You know, it's not the end all be all for everyone. Right. And mm -hmm. that's just an objective fact. But if you have what you consider to be a unique lived experience. Right. College can do a very unique thing in one helping you develop more language to properly think not only for yourself, but just yeah. articulate um, what you've been through. But it's also a unique place to where you can literally turn that lived experience into real tangible life skills working in career professional experience that you might not even think that you have. And, you know, the Career Center is a place where, you know, students can really get a clear understanding of those soft skills that are mm -hmm. super, super, super important, but oftentimes go underestimated, right? How mm -hmm. do you how do you conduct yourself during an interview, right? Mm -hmm. What if you, you know, what if you need what if you need a tie or a jacket for an interview? You go to the career center, like they'll hook you up. Like yes. that's that's real stuff. If you can't yes. afford the interview clothes, you walk into the career center and boom, they just give you a fit. Go here's a room where you can conduct the interview if your dorm is too noisy, right? Yes. Like so many different opportunities and resources, and then just being plugged in with the professional staff in these various resource centers, the career mm -hmm. centers. One one solid staff member can give you access to at least seven more, which exactly. will give you access to seven more, which will. And next thing you know, you have this huge network of people all around campus in different fields 
that can help you get to where you want to go, right? So I just want to put that into perspective. So second to last question before we wrap Mm -hmm. up our interview. In your experience, are black students utilizing the Career Center enough? Um, And depending on your answer, what is something more or what is something you'd like to tell or encourage black students or how could we be more intentional to get those students into the career center so we make sure that, you know, they're they're set with developing these skills? Yeah. Um, I think in the time I've been at the career center, I don't see enough of our black students there. Mm. Um, it was a little more noticeable when black students came in when we had black counselors that they could meet with. Mm. And I think one of the challenges is when you walk into a space, like, you don't see a lot of people that look like you and so that can also be intimidating but I would encourage students to like you mentioned before just come in come Mm -hmm. hi my name is Chanel I'm a history major like what can I do with that like that's all it takes for us to open this door of resources and possibilities Mm. and so I would just say like don't be afraid I would come in your freshman year like your career journey starts freshman year absolutely like don't hesitate to come in um and I want to see more of our black students. I, I wonder, at being a black professional, I wonder because I don't see them in the career center. Like, where are you? Like, where are they getting the resources? And mm. where are they networking? And how do I tap into whatever network they're working in so I can mm-hmm. like encourage them to come in through the center too? And so, I just, I, I would love to see more black students in the career right. center to get those resources and to get that help and to like just say hi to me. It's lonely <laughs> in there sometimes, you know. Right, um, straight up. <laughs> just come say hi. Um, how can we be more intentional with engaging with our students? I think on the career center side, and it's something that I'm trying to work with our leadership to do more, is mm. I think it's beneficial to also not just want students to come to our space because mm-hmm. the resources are in this one space. Like I want us to go to ASP and yes. go to clubs and organizations and fraternity sororities like I want us to be in those spaces too so it can kind of alleviate whatever the challenge is for those students like let us just come to your space and give a presentation or you know sometimes you have to meet people where they're at you know exactly Um, it's not it's not enough to just send out a flyer or email and say yo the career center or any department for that matter is you know hey we're doing this thing we'd love to see you there okay yeah no like you know culturally we respond different like we don't know you you know like okay you're doing this but what does that mean so it's like sometimes you have to like go and implant yourself into those spaces and that's why I think your voice is so important because you're you're obviously on the cutting edge for your department and trying to push that narrative forward yeah exactly and I think that's important to meet the students where they are sometimes and, Mm -hmm. and just stepping out of our comfort zone to meet them in their own spaces and so I, I definitely want to work to keep that going and to develop more programming and things to make that happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, if you are coming to, to UCR, like I better see each and every one of the freshmen in the career center. Um, yeah, I just I hope I see more faces there. Yeah. And, you know, obviously dirt. Due to the circumstance, we might not be able to see you in person, but type in UCR 
Career Center on Google, the first link there, and you know, find Chanel, shoot her an email and let her know, like, yo, I just I'm coming in the fall, we're doing this, we're doing that, like I need resources, and boom, she's gonna make sure that she plugs you. Mm-hmm. So the last question I like to ask all of my guests during these interviews is you know, I like to end it on what I call a little bit of black optimism, right? Um, we have to be thankful for the people that came before us to allow us to, that did the work to allow us mm-hmm. to be in this situation where we're even having this conversation, right, at an institution. So what, like for you, what, what would you say is one of your most optimistic visions of the future um, when it comes to the next couple next generations of black UCR scholars that are going to come through here um, and leave here? Like what, 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 do you, what are you working towards and moving towards and what do you see for them? Yeah, um, that's a really great question. I think, I think, well, just in the context of what's happening in our world right now, mm-hmm. I think this next generation, I think they're going to have to just be like big change, change agents and mm-hmm. like pushing to advocate for themselves and, mm-hmm. and ensuring that the university is providing the resources that these like our students need and right. if our mission is diversity and inclusion and valuing our you know marginalized communities then i want our students to speak up and make sure that the university like mm-hmm. stands by that promise um i have all the faith in like our incoming freshmen and our incoming students and even students now like you're going into the workforce mm-hmm. about to graduate like there's so much we can do and I just encourage all of our students to speak up and Mm -hmm. to be brave and to speak out and make sure that whatever your personal journey is that you're lifting others behind you yeah and whether that be a mentorship or providing advice or experience or anything Mm -hmm. like just make sure that you're reaching back to uplift someone else with you Mm because I think that's one of the only ways that we're going to rise as a community, as a race, is to make sure that we're helping those that come after us. And so Absolutely. I would just instill that in, in our future students. Beautifully said, beautifully said. Well, thank you, Chanel, very much for being on the Blue, Gold, and Black podcast. We were super happy to amplify your voice. Students, make sure you tap in with Chanel, okay? Current mm-hmm. students, if you haven't been to the Career Center and you're a third year and you tap in with Chanel, right? Make sure that you're utilizing all of this um, campus's resources to the full extent because we have yes. people here um, that want you to be successful. We have people here that can offer you insight and guidance. So make sure you tap in with us so we can really, really make sure that you're getting the help that you need and then that way you can be as successful as possible. So thank you again, Chanel. We really appreciate you for joining us on the show. Thank you for inviting me. <laughs> yeah, no doubt, no doubt. All right, we'll catch you guys next time. Thank you for joining us on Blue, Gold, and Black. This program is produced by the Community Engagement and Outreach Unit of Undergraduate Admissions at the University of California, Riverside. Learn more about attending UCR by visiting admissions.ucr.edu. And be sure to check out the description for other useful links and resources. Help support this podcast by liking, subscribing, and sharing. And be sure to check out our podcast videos on YouTube. Catch you guys later.